0: Hello, this is Rodrigo from Take Right Action, and today I have a great invited guest here uh, to the Freedom Hustler Show. His name is Bobby Chu. Uh, he's a great artist, founder of Esculism, and the character designer of all the characters in Alice in Wonderland, and Men in Black Tree, and many other amazing pieces of work. So uh,
1: welcome, Bobby. Hey, thank you very much, Rodrigo, for having me on your show.
0: Uh, so just to get started and to get to know you better, uh, can you tell me more about your story? Like how did you start getting into illustration and into art?
1: Sure. Um, I guess there's a lot of different steps involved, but I'll, I'll try to give the... How long is this show, by the way? Just so I...
0: Like 30, uh, 30 to 40 minutes or something. Okay,
1: okay, great. Okay, so, you know always been interested in art, always, never knew I was gonna be an artist until around age 19 or 20. Even though I got my first art job at age 17, right? I was working in a, a toy uh, company called Thinkway Toys and they do high-end licensed toys like Spider-Man, Batman, um, what, a, a Bug's Life, uh, you know, Toy Story stuff, uh, you know, just a lot and a lot of, mostly movie kind of uh, licensed toys, which got me interested in, in going to movies. But it wasn't until I, um, I dropped out of, of business management school. I went to school for business and I hated it, even though I like business. And so I dropped out and uh, then the only other choice at that time, the the next best choice was to do art, right? So I did art and uh, went to animation for Sheridan College, graduated, couldn't get a job, you know? Um, Really kind of just tried to figure out how to paint, how to draw and, and. went back to my toy designing uh, you know, job, finished that, went to computer animation to learn computer animation because I thought maybe I'll, I, that's what I like because you know, as a student you don't really know a lot to know what you'll like or not. So I took that, found out I didn't like it, um, tried to get a concept art job, couldn't get a concept art job, ended up getting a job as a data manager at a television studio, so that was nice. I was in a television studio, but I wasn't drawing. I was known as the computer guy that liked to draw, right? Which is funny, because they wouldn't (laughs) even let me design the simplest cartoons, which, you know, nowadays, I don't even know, I doubt I would even take a job uh, to design any of those things. But, you know, life has an awesome way of just, um, challenging you and I think that that was one of those challenges that life puts ahead of you and put ahead of me and and uh, you know that made me even more hungry to learn and learn and learn so um, on a on kind of like a, a time where I was like feeling kind of depressed you know like I'm trying to find I'm trying to make it as a freelancer and all this stuff as, as well as doing my crappy you uh, know you know, data management job, Um, I was having a tough time. So I emailed two of my favorite artists in the world at that moment. You know, that was, back then, it was Dean Yeagle and Steven Silver. And Dean Yeagle wrote me back, and he wrote back a very nice email. And then Steven Silver wrote to me and said, let me call you, you know. I want to call you. And I was like, sure. I didn't even know him at the time, but, you know, I talked with him. He was very nice and he said, you know, the main reason why he thinks that uh, a person can make it in art is because of their attitude. And because I had a good attitude, an attitude where, you know, even if it's hard, I'm just going to try. That's all you can do, right? And just try your hardest. And really, that was much of the secret of my life is that it didn't matter how big the obstacle. I just try my hardest, and that's how I kind of determine success. Anyways, it should have been a short story. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. So I quit my job as data manager to start a studio called Imaginism Studios, right? And that was 10 years ago, a little bit over 10 years ago now. And I started it with my brother, Ben Chu, and uh, very quickly after, was Kay Asadera. she was in school at the time. She was also one of the three main character designers, the character designers for Alice in Wonderland, for Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Um, it was myself, Kay Asedera, and uh, another friend of ours, Michael Kutche, from Germany. So, um, you know, we started our studio, went to San Diego Comic-Con, got discovered. You know, and you wouldn't believe who discovered us. It was just, um, you never notice. You would never notice in a million years, this, this woman, she's, she's pushing a baby carriage along, right? And she stops at our booth and is like, what, what is all this? How come I never heard of you guys before? Um, where do you guys come from? And, you know, instead of saying, well, we're new, we're a brand new studio, we said, oh, that's because we're from Canada. You never heard of us, right? And she said, oh, well, do you do work for other studios? And I said, yeah, sure. Gave us her card, and it said, um, creative director, Universal Studios, Universal S- City, or something like that. Studio City, or Universal City, uh, Universal Street number one. I was like, holy smokes, you know who that person was? Anyways, so we got our foot in the door from going to Comic-Con and then, um, you know, doing concept art, a lot of times you do the work and the film doesn't actually come out. You know, there's a lot of work in film's development and the film doesn't come out. Um, Alice in Wonderland was our sixth film. And it was great because that one came out and did really, really well um, and kind of put us on the map after that.
0: Awesome. It's amazing. Like uh, I was, I had an interview with Stephen Silver before, and something that I told him is that I respect a lot the art industry because, well, at least in, in business, you can literally come to a big client, uh, make a big sale in less than a week, when, but there is no way in hell that you are going to get like, oh, in a week I'm going to become an amazing artist. You have to put a lot of hard work into it. You have to have the talent. And also you have to educate yourself on how things work. So I think it's way harder than just doing business.
1: You know, Rodrigo, you know what I love about art is that it doesn't matter how rich you are, you can't buy skills. And it doesn't matter how poor you are, you can still get the most valuable skills out there. Right? That's the greatest thing about art.
0: And something that happens here, like in these countries, is that we get bombarded, like really bombarded since a very young age, that you cannot live on art. And yeah, probably that was true like 10 years ago, when there was no way of communicating with amazing people through the internet and work for other companies through the internet. But now I think now more than ever, uh, there is a lot of opportunities because you're not just working locally. You can reach to other people. And if you have the talent, uh, you can get hired. But again, what's stopping most of the people here is that they still don't believe that they can make this happen.
1: Well, you know, Rodrigo, if there was one thing I can tell, you know, if I was to go back into time and talk to the 20, 24 year old me I would just tell I would just tell him uh, you gotta dream big my friend you gotta dream real big a lot bigger than you're dreaming now because it's the people with time those are the people that can truly change not just their lives but the whole world as crazy as that sounds you know I've seen it the industry has changed so much since we started and everything.
0: And how did a schoolism get a start? Like, how did you get the idea of putting together all these amazing mentors and start giving classes to a lot of people?
1: Right. They were? Totally. You know, because it's like the teachers that I had in school when I went to uni- uh, college it was a great school in terms of what's out there available for schools. Um, But the teachers that I had, I had some good teachers as well. But the whole entire industry was changing. It was changing so fast and a lot of the things that the industry was doing then, none of the teachers knew how to do. For example, digital painting. You know, for example, computers and so it felt you know it felt like a disadvantage at the time but it was actually a really great advantage because it made me search for knowledge right and how to find the best knowledge from those people that i really wanted to learn from like steven silver so on that trip to san diego comic con that same trip that i was telling you about um, I only met Steven Silver another time before that at New York Comic Con. So this is the second time. And this time he invited us to go and eat with him. And we're like, oh, my God, we're going to go eat with Steven Silver. So exciting, so exciting. And uh, during dinner, I told him about the idea of schoolism. I told him, you know, the famous artist course um, back when Norman Rockwell was teaching and formed a school with his friends and people would mail in stuff in the mail and then you know some professional would draw over top and mail it back to you well now we can do that super quick and with video nobody was doing this at the time okay nobody so if anybody wants to know who is the originator of this it is schoolism and it was because i wanted to learn from these people that i couldn't get to teach me, right? So I said, teach on my school. We're gonna teach the world. And that includes me, (laughs) you know? So I would watch the lessons, I would watch the videos, and I would train myself. And it was a huge eye-opener. And if it wasn't for schoolism, I'm telling you right now, even though my career was doing well, I wouldn't have gotten into live action film because I wouldn't be able to know how to paint realistic.
0: Amazing. And yeah, like, again, there is so many opportunities now. Uh, For example, when I started, and I have have like a a web design uh, agency or something like that, that's what I started. But when I was starting, I started like emailing the top people in New York. Not all of them answered, but many of them did. And I tried to interview them, but... Most of them, because they were really tech guys, uh, they are a little bit shy and they do not want to be like on cameras and all that. So I respect that, <laughs> but but still they, they dedicated a lot of time helping me out with, when I did, uh, didn't knew anything at all on how to start a business. And now, as you say, like it, it is really uh, fast to send your work, see like, okay, you can improve this, this, this. And,
1: Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times, you know, you can watch a video, you can read a book and then you try it and it doesn't turn out the way it looks like in the book, you know, or in the video. And to, you know, to the perfect way is if you see somebody draw over top of your own painting, right. And just go, you're doing this too much. You're, you know, every highlight is, has so much specularity on it it's like a bright flashlight everywhere turn down this one turn down this one let's do this let's do that and then all of a sudden you're like oh i totally get it right because you can see them painting on top of your own stuff that's the ultimate um but we also do like live workshops and and things like that as well so yeah
0: amazing and well something that happened is that i wanted to kickstart it because i do go into it a lot and we want to start like our project a year from now uh but i saw like the, the school kick kickstarted it was like holy shit <laughs> like oh my god and i started to share every to everybody like to all the the artist community here because i know that there are many people who are like really serious into get to, to start working as an illustrator and they don't know how. So I went uh, and told them, like, Dude, you got to get into this, like, you really got to get into this. And some of them told me, like, I can't, like, universities is it, taking all my money right now. It's like, because I knew that their university where they were studying, for example, one of them is teaching right now, like, Adobe Flash is the best, software to animate things it's like Flash is dead <laughs> nobody's using wow. Flash anymore but they are still teaching that and it's like you <laughs> if you're serious into illustration like get out because <laughs> getting here because there is no way in hell that the teachers that that are teaching you there because I know them <laughs> again are going to teach you the same quality of of education that you're getting here like, there, there is no way that's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it's not like every school. But unfortunately, because I've been to a lot of schools, I've been to a lot of schools and talking with students for like 10 years now. A lot of them are not, you know, it's, they're not teaching the level that they should be teaching. You know, a, a big part of it is also if you are learning from somebody that's never become a successful artist themselves, it doesn't give you that much faith. Imagine imagine music, right? Music is one of those things. Uh, it's very similar to art where it's like, oh, be careful becoming a musician, right? If you learn music from a person that has never succeeded in creating their own record or whatever you want to do, how different of an experience will that be than if you were learning from a famous musician that makes hit records? You know, one person thinks, yeah, you can completely do it. I've done it, you can do it. And this is how I got there, this is what I learned when I was there. And the other one can only kind of guess at how it was, how it is to do that, you know? And it's crazy sometimes, it's crazy. Education is, it's an investment. You gotta think there's good stocks and there's bad stocks. You know, you can't, you gotta go with the good stocks. It doesn't mean just going to school, that's a good investment. That could very easily be an extremely bad investment. But there are good schools out there.
0: Oh, yeah, I you know. And I help, and the same as you, I had like this experience of having like one or two amazing teachers out of all the others, but it's still like, Uh, there was an art school that I was attending and it was, I don't know, kind of sad because it started changing the teachers. And when I entered, I had people who were, uh, who got graduated in UK, in in the art schools in Mexico and things like that. And then they started like hiring uh, teachers who have never worked. Like, can you imagine this? These guys, uh, pretty much got graduated, uh, went out to find a job, couldn't do it because they're, actually they, their portfolio wasn't good enough, so nobody gave them jobs, and then they started teaching. Imagine how different the quality yeah. of that teaching will be.
1: Well, um, you know, the thing is, it's like if you're working on top-level stuff, you don't have time to drive into a university or college you know regularly to teach all these people you just usually you don't have that time especially if you have a family and all these things well guess where the best teachers are they're at the pixar they're at ilm they're at you know dreamworks they're at the top studios usually and they're teaching you know some of the Uh, employees there and things like that they're not really teaching in in university most of the time they're never teaching in in those colleges those ones most of the time are people that you know like you're saying um, maybe they need to they're the ones that actually need to go to school even though there are. Like I'm saying, there are some really good schools out there, some really good teachers. Just got to keep your eyes open. Definitely.
0: And why did you choose like digital art over any other form of art?
1: Digital art, I just felt like it's the future. But the other thing is I still paint traditionally. You know, um, every few years I'll do like a gallery show in, in uh, one of our favorite Galleries, it's called Arludique in Paris. Um, So I still do traditional stuff, but obviously uh, the digital age, super quick, right? You can change things super easily. Everybody knows this, so it's the obvious way to go. But when I'm working on a film that I really, really like, I will do some original art, you know, just for myself.
0: Awesome. Also, uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, your creative process for creating characters. Uh, how do you start, like, for example, the cat in Alice in Wonderland? How do you start creating that one?
1: The cat in Alice in Wonderland, that was done by uh, Kay Asadera, that did the, thought up the designs and everything, and I painted it. Um, okay. A different example, I guess, would be like the Tweedles, Tweedledee, Tweedledum.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, a lot of them, I, I just stare or I close my eyes. I just stare at a blank screen. Like maybe I'll turn off my monitor here and just look at it. Or I'll close my eyes and try to imagine the movie. And then once I see it, you know, I'll go through a bunch of different versions in my head. And then when I see the one that I feel is the same one that the director is thinking of, then I just start painting it. Um, it Sounds real easy, but uh, it's a lot of practice, a lot of practice of just visualizing, visualizing constantly. It's
0: like a muscle, right? Like you start mm-hmm. training lifting ten pounds, and then you get to lift twenty and more. And the more you practice, the, the better you get, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Exactly. And actually, um, if it's okay, like I, I actually have free videos that you can watch off of my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/DigitalBobbert. Uh, I have a playlist there that's called Drawing Exercises, and specifically for visualizing skills, developing and increasing your ability to visualize.
0: Awesome! I'm gonna I'm going to embed the list in the in the post that I'm going to make after the show is over, so everybody can have access to it. Fantastic! And is, has has been there any project that? Uh, gave you more problems than the other like there was there a, a project that it was hard to visualize or to create?
1: Um, the Smurfs <laughs> you know the smurfs I, it was good people. you know it was really good people. I think the challenge, with that one in particular, is that you're taking a brand that everybody knows, and you're making a movie out of it, so when it's a big, big brand, then more people care about how this thing's gonna actually look like when it comes out, right? So then you have a lot more people adding in their opinions. And when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, it's harder. It's harder. Yeah, but then again, there's, but also, yeah. there's also been a lot of other ones that were even tougher and they never came out at all. And that's probably why they never came out.
0: So uh, let me see. I have a, some questions here Then a friend of mine wanted to ask you. uh what do you like to create the most like creatures or humans and why
1: i like creatures you know um i'm starting to get more into people again i think i go through phases but generally i always come back to uh whimsical fantastical things that's what i naturally kind of am interested about the most um, simply because, uh, say you create a, a, you know, a girl character, she has a big gun and, and she has little clothes and she has a big helmet, You know, if somebody else does a girl character, has a big gun, has a big helmet, they're different helmets, they're different big guns, showing a lot of her skin, you probably wouldn't say, oh, that person totally copied that one. Because there are women and there are big guns and, you know, so on and so forth. But if you created a creature with four eyeballs, um, one horn sticking out, is furry all over and has big, droopy ears, if anybody else did that, if your creature is special enough and, every, and anybody else did that, then people would be like, that looks like that person's creation, right? Like if you made a little guy, a little green guy that's super old and wears a robe and fights with a fire sword, then everybody would be like, that looks like Yoda. You copied Yoda, you see? So I like drawing creatures because it's like, that's out of, you know, that's like straight from your imagination and if anybody takes it, then they, everybody knows, they took your idea. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Um, Actually it does. <laughs> for the, the biggest reason is definitely just because I like strange, fantastical, whimsical things just naturally.
0: Amazing. Also, uh, your Kickstarter campaign definitely has been a success, like you wanted to get like $200,000 and you get almost uh, half a million dollars there already. Uh, here, like I told you, there were many people really excited about it because it was uh, definitely an opportunity that most people here would have never gotten before. Like. Uh, like I told you, we have bad art schools, and, and most people have like so little hopes for art. And then you came, and it's like you came like the big paladin, and everybody was like, oh. <laughs> so, well, that's fantastic.
1: Because uh, you know, I'm like I said, I I didn't start Schoolism because I want to make money. I want to start Schoolism because I want to learn from those people, right? And then as I got better and my career got better then I just started getting more teachers because that's how I got better. And then even before that, I've always had this mission because I had a hard time finding the knowledge that I really looked for. I had a mission where it was, it shouldn't matter where you live, who your parents are, how much you make, everybody should deserve, the best education out there. You know, and it should be much more about how hard you work, how far you can take your career, right? That's how it should be, that would be the most equal. So it started off, I was literally, I was just teaching people on the subway, the subway trains in Toronto for free, for years, for about five years, every Sunday. Whoever wanted to come and learn, just come. If you put in the effort, then you'll get the knowledge you know and then schoolism came around where all of a sudden it's all the best artists you know out there uh, doing the things that i would love to do now making their knowledge accessible for everybody but in the end we knew it wasn't enough because um even though it was accessible for everybody and even though it was very affordable for most people, it still excluded a lot of people out there, a lot of people from a lot of countries, and you know even people in first world countries with bad jobs, you know they can't afford that. So we knew we weren't doing our mission that we really kind of I I, I really believed in, right? Which is to make it. Make education all about how hard you work. So then we had the Kickstarter idea, and I was like, you know, I want to do a Kickstarter where, you know, to take classes that cost hundreds of dollars, generally they all cost $470 to $300 something dollars. To take that and bring it down to like $12 a month Imagine you're a teacher, and I'm telling you, I'm going to take your product and bring it down to a fraction of the cost. You would be upset. So then I said, Okay, but we're going to do it through a Kickstarter. That way, the world can show us that they really will appreciate this. And in the end, you will be making the same or better. Otherwise, we won't do it. So then we started a Kickstarter, and it's been amazing. You know, even though we lowered the price so that so many more people can afford education. Not only that, but most people can afford $15 a month easily, $12 a month easily, without taking out loans and stuff. Imagine education where you don't have to worry about a loan. This is the kind of change that this Kickstarter is doing, and that's why I'm so, you know, I was so happy to, to do an interview with you because. This Kickstarter, it's my mission in life almost. You know, it's like my, I feel like it's the thing that I can do right now that can change the most lives out there. You know, it's helping the teachers that are teaching on schoolism to even, you know, to earn more so that they can support their families and all this stuff and put them through school, perhaps. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And, it's going to help not just you know people that that had a hard time affording this kind of education but it's going to give people that even if they have to save up you know for 15 dollars a month 12 dollars a month now they have the opportunity to learn from the best for you know must be very close to the cheapest i don't know You know, but it's going to be a huge game changer. So there's still a lot of time to pledge. There's still a few days. Get in on it if you guys are interested.
0: Definitely. And just imagine this, like, a good salary, what most people conceive here as a good salary is about $500, $600 a month. Wow. (laughs) When when I was talking about prices with Stephen Silver, like, and he told me how much illustrators were, doing like i asked for uh the lowest uh, uh the lowest fur for illustrators and he gave he gave this number and everybody was like blown out of their minds because oh again, yeah they, they are uh used to to see so, so little but i told everybody like the world is damn bigger than this like everything that you see here even your dreams
1: let me just you know let me put this out there if i lived in ecuador would i earn the same amount of money than me living in toronto yes because it would be with the same clients it would be working you know on the same kind of stuff you know and and that's where i see the future of art going anytime anybody wants really If you live in Bangladesh and you want to, you know, work on killer movies and you learn from the people that are getting those kind of salaries, what can you charge? Of course you can charge maybe not that high but just take it down a little bit and yeah, I think you're good, you know? And you could still be living in wherever. Yeah, like Stephen
0: Silver told me, like, when, when I told him about the, the salaries here, he was like, you can make that in a day here. <laughs> like, you don't even have to be uh, one of the biggest dogs in the industry to make that in a day here. And, like,
1: and <laughs> the best thing is, is that it's not like making that in a day here. It just means making that on this kind of a project. You can still be in Ecuador, right? That's the thing that's the great thing about living in today's and when i was starting that was a that was still a very new kind of concept to a lot of people like oh you're gonna stay in toronto i don't know if that's gonna work you know nowadays people are very accepting of that because that was like 10 years ago yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and kickstarter is such a great platform as as well to make many dreams happen like especially for art i think i've seen many great art projects which didn't have any fun at all and i have seen like even the smaller ones get millions of dollars uh people who wanted just like ten thousand dollars get almost nine million dollars in kickstarter and so uh well what are your experience with Kickstarter like what will be Uh, your advice into getting into
1: this? Uh, Plan, you know, plan your stuff very carefully and the best way to do that is just to go through every little tiny, tiny step from like tying your shoes in the morning to, you know, actually delivering whatever it is people pledged for. Like really, it's all in the details. You know even though some people might make a lot of money on Kickstarter not everybody does it well and then maybe they end up paying a lot of that money right back So be very careful in what you do. This is my second Kickstarter um, That's been successful, you know, so uh, and I run a business, so I, I I organize all sorts of things, so I'm very used to organizing big projects. But yeah, Kickstarter is great. You gotta be careful to plan things well.
0: Awesome. And I wanted to ask you as as well, what are the most common mistakes that you see artists making?
1: Uh, The most common mistakes is that, Number one is that they, their art, they learn it. They just learn kind of like the techniques, uh, which buttons to press, which brush to get, and things like that. And uh, this, the real foundation of art, you know, how does light work? How do colors work? How does structure work? How do textures work? How does atmosphere work? These foundational things, as well as, you know, a lot of other foundational things like gesture and things like that. That's that's the main structure that holds up the building. You see, you don't just learn how to make windows. You've got to learn how to make the big structures and be good at the foundation side of art and not just you know the trendy stuff. Um, and the other thing is, think about this. Every answer that you look up has already been discovered, has already been invented. Somebody else thought of it, did it, and put it on the internet. So if you're just looking up answers all the time, you're not pushing forward. You're not pushing art forward. You're pushing yourself forward a little bit. But you aren't actually evolving our species, our you know, art itself. And that's that's the real goal, I think, is to not do what somebody else did, but evolve past that. And the only way to do that is well, of course, learn from others and learn what they did, but Spend some time to think about stuff for yourself Sit there and think about it. Is this the best way? Everybody is doing it this way. Is this the best way? Is there any other way? Right if you can think of another way like schoolism for my education You know like staying in Toronto and doing freelance because it made sense to me back then when it didn't make sense to people if you can think of another way that makes sense, then you are helping the industry evolve. How cool is that? You know, to be one of the tiny little steps, the tiny little pebbles along this path we call art and building this this like road to evolution. It's awesome. Definitely. That
0: that's a big one. I I, I think it has never been more dangerous to not think, like not to take the time to think. This is the best way, like working smart at the same time of working hard. Uh, many people just go and work hard a lot in in, in many stuff that doesn't make sense anymore or, or mm. things that they they believe that are going to work but they never really check if that's what they need. For example, yeah. I, I knew one guy who studied four careers before finding out if he, if he really needed that to start working, imagine that.
1: Yeah, you know, everybody's on their own journeys. Um, thank goodness, you know, ours were were shorter. You know, um, uh, what can you do? You know.
0: And and lastly, what will you? say to artists all over the world like what they should be focusing on uh what they should be doing right now in order to succeed
1: um man there's there's so many things uh but the main kind of highlights that i've learned is that in the long run it's all about balance too much of anything is not good too much working is not good because you aren't studying too much studying you're not making any money, so that's not good either. Too much of both, and you're not spending time with your family, that's not good either. It has to be a, it's all this balancing act, right? And um, the other thing is that, of course, you need a lot of effort. You know, in the beginning, you got to consider it, how I considered it was like, you know, like a rocket ship, okay? To get a rocket ship into outer space, it's very difficult. It's super uh, heavy, of course. It's very big. It needs lots of fuel, and you need to burn a lot of fuel to get up into outer space. But once you're out there, once you've made it, it takes a lot less effort, and you just go. You know, and you can navigate around very easily. So don't just do a little bit in the beginning. Really think of it like a rocket ship. You got to do everything. You got to get crazy. You got to get crazy about art for a while to get out of that space where everybody's a beginner for people to notice you it's difficult but it's awesome and the best thing is is that it's doable by everybody it's doable by people that never had any training at all and they're 30 years old they start learning if you put in that effort like you did in high school you're going to school you're going to class you're you know you're paying attention um studying and everything, then you can totally do it. And I have many examples of that just from just students at schoolism, like even senior citizens, always wanted to be an artist, finally retired, becomes an artist, takes schoolism classes, took Jason Silas class actually, and then all of a sudden he's painting amazing and actually getting jobs doing the thing that he would have loved to do, that he was scared to do, when, you know, he decided to become a a plumber or whatever it was. It's interesting.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome, just simply awesome. One more question. Imagine that you wake up and nobody knows about you. Like you have lost everything. You only have uh, $500 and all your knowledge. What will, uh, what will you do?
1: Well, uh, you know, do I got a place to live? If I have a place to live, then it'd be a lot easier. But if I don't, yeah. then...
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Imagine you have the your laptop, a place to live, but all your fame, all the people that knows about you is gone. Uh, but you still have all the knowledge. And What would you do in order to get back into the industry and start being amazing?
1: <laughs> well, first is thinking about what your goal is. Right, what would my goal be? I only have $500, what is my ultimate goal? And what is my immediate goal? And then I would just start thinking, okay, well, what do I need to get to my immediate goal? What do I need to get to my ultimate goal? Maybe my ultimate goal is to work in movies. So then I go, okay, I need to to get my level of art immediately up to this level. Um, But if I have my knowledge already, and nobody knows me, I have no history, then I just come in and I go, I came from nowhere, (laughs) you know, and this is what I could do. (laughs) I've never been taught anywhere before. (laughs) You can look it up or whatever, and I just go, yeah, boom. I just crawled out of the ground just like this maybe that that's what i would do <laughs> <laughs> i i mean you that question because
0: i know there are, i know a lot of people personally who have amazing talents but they do not believe that they can that okay. they still believe that they need more that they yes. that they need more in order to do something and it's like no i have seen people who got
1: who who got into let me, wisdom, let, me talk, into let me talk let me talk to those kind of people for a second okay. you know you guys are already good what do you do then social media, i just go to social media, I would sign up for everything, and because I don't have a job, I have time to do everything, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, whatever it is, blogs and all that stuff, and I would put up quality things, I would put up quality illustrations with quality descriptions, quality things to say about them, and I would keep it super consistent. I would have a, like an alarm clock when to post the next thing. So it's always the same time. Because if you can become a habit of somebody where it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? I usually get a coffee and I read this webcomic. Or I get a coffee and I look at the newest thing that Rodrigo did, mm-hmm. you know? If it could be like that, then you're going to get a lot of traction, a lot of people noticing you very quickly.
0: That That is an amazing advice, and I'm actually going to take that advice from you and start doing it myself, <laughs> like to put it into schedule everything that I do online.
1: Yeah, definitely. Schedules are great. You can get so much more stuff done.
0: Okay, Bobby. Uh, That was all the questions that I had and it has been amazing. I already have a lot of things in my mind like, oh, now I know how to do all this.
1: (laughs) Well, I know you pledged for a Kickstarter. Definitely take full advantage of it and try to just gobble up as much knowledge as possible because, you know, uh, the opportunity is now there.
0: Definitely. I actually used to do a lot of illustration, but had I was one of the unluckiest that got really bad teachers who pretty much uh, made illustration instead of a passion, something of a stress. So I left it, but when I saw that, it's, something inside me was like, no, I, you know that if you take that curse, that you, if you go into schoolism, that is going to be alive again. <laughs>
1: you know what, maybe those teachers that you had was actually a hidden advantage in there somewhere because they're constantly trying to push you the wrong way. You know, there there are some plants that you can't grow indoors because if you grow them indoors, then their stem is weak and they fall over and they need the wind to push against them constantly to make them strong so they won't fall over. And that could, Perhaps be your situation. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Definitely. I, I, in the end, it work all for the best. Uh, I learn a lot of stuff, and with the knowledge that I have of business of marketing, if, if I combine it into art, I think I will be able to do so much more than than before. Mm-hmm. And with the technology today, but yeah, I'm really excited about this, man. And I'm going to start like screaming. Okay, last days, getting to school, you <laughs> Right on. You'll you regret not doing this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they will. People will because the people that do are going to excel at such tremendous rates. It's going to be like night and day. Awesome.
0: Any last message that you want to give?
1: Um, you know, just all these things that I'm saying. It doesn't mean that you have to take my advice. Those are just kind of things that have helped me in my life. You know, you want to really think about it, see if it makes sense to you. Okay, if it doesn't make sense, then totally don't take it. But if anything that I've said to you today does make sense, then I say you need to do them. You need to do them now that you know them. Because too many people know exactly what they need to do, but they just don't do it. You know, and that's the only thing that's stopping them. So do what makes sense to you.
0: Awesome advice. Thanks a lot for being here. It has been an amazing interview. I think we learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I know now I'm thinking what to do is starting tomorrow.
1: Definitely definitely that's great really great to hear
0: thank you for being here and thank you for giving us your time in these moments where i know that you are really busy uh with the kickstarter and everything thanks a lot for this man
1: thank you rodrigo take care everybody
0: see ya